It's that place where you get to drive Shriner buggies and pretend like you're Godzilla. That's right, we're heading to Safety Town, and it's a prospect deep dive. The push-off! Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Shot Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it keeps getting you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, if your friends don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. Right. Ah, even perfect too. Yeah, the safety dance. Oh yeah. Dan, we're talking safeties on this, uh, this episode today as we continue. Well, first of all, we are beginning the defense. Yes. If you're here for the D, we got the D for you. <laughs> we are dishing out D all month long. Get, That's right. That's get right. slutty, everybody, for the D. Right right up until the draft, immediately up until the draft, I'm sure of it. But yes, uh, that's as true. we record this one, the, the, uh, the night of Easter, we hope everyone had a wonderful holiday if that's what you celebrate. That's true, because uh, we're, we're three Thursdays away. <laughs> we're that's it. That's it. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Are you excited? I'm I'm jazzed, man. I can't wait. We're going to drive down on a Thursday, drive back on Saturday. We're going to spend like a day and a half down there. But, but the Road funny trip. thing is That's that right. draft, right, when we went to Nashville, you can mm-hmm. get about a day and a half of enjoyment out of it. I don't know if you can get three full days of enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? There's a lot to do. They put a lot to do in Kansas City. Who knows what they're going to have for us? I, we're going to do a little bit of research True. this month and see what we want to look into. But... um. Yeah, I they they put a lot of like f- things out there. You, get, you throw the uh, into the baskets again, Dan. Do oh, some of that. Maybe absolutely. some forty yard dashes. See how well we do. <laughs> Six years later, four, no, like four how many years is it? Later, yeah, right? it's got to be four. Because uh, yeah, whatever it was Kyler Murray's uh, rookie one overall pick year. That's when it was Nashville. Strangely, so. I remember it as uh, my daughter was recently born. But uh, <laughs> you know, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, <laughs> Kyler Murray's draft just as important, honestly, for being for being forthright. Anyway, so we will be talking about that, yeah, in Kansas City, uh, coming up here in the end of this month. But uh, first, let's hit the news. Uh, as as we set up to record here today, uh, Odell Beckham has reached an agreement finally. He'll be playing football this year and in Baltimore with the Ravens. One year up to $18 million. This is way too much money for Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is like... Uh, I've never, I've never bought a dog trying to keep a girl from breaking up with me, but this seems like the equivalent, you know what I mean? Where you just like, we bought a dog together. It's like, I didn't want that dog, but I bought it now. And if if you leave me, I swear to God, this is the only thing I'll have and I'll, I'll, I'll I'll kill it. I'll drown it in the river. You're like, Oh my God, don't do that. Oh, I I knew I, I knew you're you were heading there. I just didn't know what metaphor you were going to use, and that's the perfect one. Yeah, for it, I, I think. think so. Um, it's but they spent way too much. It's like it's a it's a perf it's a pure breed. It's like just get a rescue, man. Just get a fucking yeah. rescue. Uh, don't get this fucking like you know agitated purebred dog like you know 
uh, Greyhound. Like, that's not what you want to save the relationship. Just fucking no, draft no. a guy in the first round who's not a piece of shit. That's what we're going for here, everybody. But there is talk that Lamar and Odell were talking ahead of this, or so the the report is like that's come out now since. It's like, well, these guys were talking about maybe playing on the same team and how fun that would be, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, sure, you know, they're they're talented players. Does that mean Lamar Jackson sticks around and plays, signs that tender, just to, you know, and and is the starting quarterback for the Ravens next year? What's the percentage chance, Dave? The percentage is always very favorable towards him returning as a Raven. Like, it, it really yeah, just not. is. I mean, the Ravens hold all of the cards. Um, we talked about this, that, you know, no one has signed him to an offer sheet yet, but that's coming. You know, somebody's going to take a shot, no matter who it is. Somebody's going to take a shot. I would be fucking shocked to see a guy like Lamar Jackson never get a, a fucking offer. I think it's coming within the next week or two from some team that's just going to have the have to get their ducks in a row. If they can't figure it out with Aaron Rodgers, you guarantee the Jets are going to fucking do something. You know, and they're there's not going a that. yeah, there's a sports uh, pundit guy who brought up a thing, and I I forget who it was, but he said, "Why not uh, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals?" give Joe Burrow a guaranteed contract right now for the future <laughs> to really cuz then Lamar Jackson would absolutely have to get a guaranteed contract sure. or he'd have to leave and if you're the Bengals you're like okay sorry about that we got you you know it's a division rival it's perfect it's, oh yeah it's just that Cincinnati is too cheap Oh, yeah, Cincinnati literally doesn't have the money. Like, they do not have the money to fully guarantee Joe Burrow's contract. Joe Burrow. You know, they they need Joe Burrow to make Joe Burrow money. That's what's, you know, that's what's happening. But, yeah, I think the fact that Odell got his kid in a number eight jersey when he announced it, he's like, I'm part of the flock. Look at my kid in a number eight jersey. It's like, clearly, he would love to be a wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, why else is Lam- is Odell signing uh, there if Lamar Jackson uh, doesn't go? Oh, because they gave dollars. him $18 million. <laughs> because they signed him to a fucking stupid deal. A yeah. $15 million base. He's guaranteed yeah. $15 million with the in- the chance that he can make up to $18 million. I would sign that if my job was to be punched in the throat. Well, like, I mean, look at his stats last year. Odell put up, oh, my God, he didn't play at all. <laughs> oh, God, he's coming off his second tour in ACL, and he's 30 years old, and he hasn't played football in a year. That sounds like a guy I want to give $15 million. If anything, Lamar Jackson's like, the fuck? <laughs> like, you won't guarantee my shit? You'll guarantee this glass bitch uh, the amount of money that I just, just, God, just double it. Just double the amount of money, per just $30 million guaranteed every year, plus you know maybe some incentives. That's how you do it for Lamar. I don't know what he's asking for. He, that hasn't come out because he's his own uh, agent, you know? So who really knows what he's asking for? But God, $15 million guaranteed to Odell Beckham at 30 with two blown ACLs. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, there was a report that the Jets were given the opportunity by Beckham to match it. Like he told him the offer that the the Ravens are giving him. The Jets are like, no thanks. Yeah, that because smart. yeah, the Jets have been making good moves recently, and that would be a real dumb fucking move. I get why the Ravens one, are yeah. doing this. I get why the Ravens are doing it. I get it. But if Lamar Jackson doesn't wind up being a Raven next year, this is an incredibly fucking stupid deal. This is or an incredibly Lamar stupid takes deal. It, the wrong way and he's like why are you giving him that much money and you're not willing to give me my money i mean it's still it's cap going towards cap money that they need 
to give to Lamar at some point. Sure. But if anything, this demonstrates that Lamar's agent needs to be whoever Odell's agent is because that fucking guy made that guy a lot of money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is insane. Yeah. Um, The Titans, uh, Jeffrey Simmons made himself a lot of money. He gets extended. He now becomes the highest paid defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. It was, uh, what's his name in Washington, right before this, Simmons uh, bypasses uh, mm-hmm. who's, Deron, Deron Payne's Payne. contract. Yeah, yeah. we saw Jeffrey Simmons get drafted. Um, I specifically remember there was a Titans fan we were talking to that was like, Jeffrey Simmons was a fucking beast at Mississippi State. You know, if he's going to take the year off, I think he's going to turn into something. And he was 100% right. Jeffrey Simmons yeah. has been one of the top five defensive tackles in the league for the last three years. This money is well, well-deserved. And uh, I don't know what it is about guys not wanting to go over $100 million, but, uh, you know, it's just like, hey, give me a five-year hundred and something. It's like bad luck or some shit. But, yeah, this is absolutely deserved for probably the best defensive player on a really defensively stout Titans team. Yeah. Um, All right, to wrap up the news here, uh, we've got, well, Tyreek Hill's telling media he's looking to retire after the Dolphins contract is up, and that's 2025. That makes sense. Sure, he was would he'd be about thirty two. Yeah, thirty two was then. a speed wide receiver. I mean, you're what are you doing hanging around, man? You know, mm-hmm. I get it. He I, was, it makes sense. He was doing some camp thing and uh, video of him uh, getting tripped up by a kid. Uh, he's playing <laughs> D back, um, defensive back, and the guy like does a nice stutter, and he jumped it the wrong way, and he falls down, and and the, everybody goes nuts. So Tyreek Hill, you know, oh maybe loses a step. No. He's 29 right now. He's still the fastest yeah. motherfucker in the league. Yes. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, he's talking about the Dolphins contract and wrapping that up. You know, Dolphins don't have to worry about re-signing him. True. Um, Joe Mixon charged now with aggravated menacing. Uh, this is what happened to him back in January, I believe. And they said more more information's come out, and now they've charged him. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look for him. I, I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be a Bengal next year. Um, no. You know, one way or the other. I mean, to a degree, the Bengals are like, well, we can kind of wait on this and just see if he gets fucking suspended um, or see if this voids some component of his contract so that they don't have to eat uh, as much dead money. But, uh, yeah, Joe Mixon is not a Bengal next year, guaranteed. Bengals can take uh, Jamar Gibbs. We talked about him last week. You want to learn yeah. about Jamar Gibbs, everybody? Listen to last week's podcast on the uh, the deep dive. Very true. Um, the running backs. Um, finally, do you want to talk a little bit about this Cardinals uh, front office stuff going on? The vice president. Uh, <sighs> yeah, this is weird. Terry McDonough is accusing the Cardinals' current owner, who is um, Michael Bidwell. What is the owner? Bidwell. Thank you. Of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment. What it came down to was a burner phone that he says him and Coach Steve Wilkes were forced to use to communicate with the GM, Kime, while he was suspended on an extreme DUI. So this was back that one year Steve Wilkes was the head coach of the Mm -hmm. Cardinals. Interesting, too, that it only lasted a year, and everybody was very surprised. I was like, that was the first time a guy was in and out in a year not uh in and out in a year like um uh duval's um what's this day <laughs> well i mean they had uh what's his nuts in uh in denver too uh fucking numb nuts the offensive coordinator i can't even hack it now yeah, yeah hack it. Um, but this was like yeah we go back i mean you're right it's happening more and more now but this was like the first time 
it yeah. happened. And they, they moved on, they moved to Kingsbury, they moved to Murray immediately after, but this was uh, uh, Wilkes and getting Rosen in there, and that was going to be the Cardinals. Um, apparently, Kime, who's also just recently stepped away from the GM role as uh, Cardinals, and maybe it's because this stuff was going to come up or whatever, an extreme DUI, and then still in contact with him, even though he was suspended. Doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's pretty bullshit, honestly. It's like, and you know that Steve Kime did this shit. Like, yeah. It, most These people guys that, say they have the phones and stuff still. Yeah, and it's I, like, well, yeah, why would you go up and, and, and release this to the news if you didn't have the tobacco? up? I think Bidwell's going to be fucking, fucking big trouble. Next guy pushed out? Yeah, I, because this, so a bunch of things. Like, we do, uh, at my work, we do, like, culture surveys. You know, like, sure. how do people enjoy their time? And the fact that the Arizona Cardinals got absolutely ethered that <laughs> no one likes playing for them. All their executives are turning on Bidwell. Yeah, once they figure out this Washington situation, I think they're going to move right on to Mr. Michael Bidwell, and he'll make a pretty penny. But you know, it's it was Daddy's team, and he got to inherit right. it. So that's fuck true. Him. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, guys. That's the news. Um, we're going to keep you going on what's going on in the off season, but uh, the big news. At this point in uh, the offseason is that NFL draft, and that NFL draft is quickly approaching, as we said at the beginning of the episode. So it's time to talk safeties. Dan, uh, these safeties, um, let's give it like a little general talk about it before we jump deep yep. in. I think you got uh, some solid guys. I don't know if anyone is being um, – you weren't big on Kyle Hamilton last year, but he was like was the not. big name guy in the draft last year, and the first safety taken – I, my, I think he was the only one taken in the first he round, was. right? He was. Um, you liked uh, out of Brisker. Brisker. And Brisker went to Chicago early second round, and he's done pretty good there, actually. Oh, yeah. He, he was thumping. It's almost like I know how to scout safeties or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Although, and in fairness, Hamilton about... had a great rookie season, too. Yeah. So uh, maybe there's one of those guys that's going to be kind of around where those two were picked this year. But other than that, I think we're looking further down. I have an idea here of, I think it's pretty easy who the number one is going to be, and then after that, it, it gets kind of muddled. Well, so who do you think is the number one? Okay, so I think in everybody's mocks and stuff that I'm looking at, the number one guy to talk to about first is Alabama's Brian Branch. So I have some pretty severe concerns for Brian Branch. Oh, okay. And I would assume then that he is not your number one. He is not my number on one. Board. Um, a couple concerns I have for him. Number one, he's never played safety. Yeah, he's the defensive back, right? He's cornerback. But, but specifically, everything is he he's yeah. a nickel. He's not like, oh, he was a, a cover corner that I think we're going to move into a free safety position. He was kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades nickel corner but he played okay. over 1,200 snaps at the nickel position. So wow. this is not – obviously, this is a guy that's coming from an Alabama background. Like, this is a well-coached motherfucker. Right. Like, absolutely. But he's playing a hybrid position right now, and you want to move him back into safety when I think he's got a couple issues that are going to really cause him to um, have some problems, especially as a rookie. Okay. So we can talk about him, and we'll get. I, he he's my number two guy. He's my number two okay. guy because there's a lot of potential there, but I think some people are saying number one with a bullet, and I disagree. Um, yeah, I know most people are. Since we're talking about him, anyways, let's just start with yeah. 
Uh, six foot one ninety, I have or one. Yeah, yeah, six foot one ninety. Um, hits like a ton of bricks. Like for a, a nickel corner, this guy is mean. Um, throws his body into it. That gives me some concern because um, he will take on you know offensive linemen as they're pulling. Which is you love to see it, but you got to make some you know some fucking decisions here, son. And uh, if you get to the next level, those guys are going to hurt you pretty fucking bad. So mm-hmm. it gives me pause. Six foot, six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. Um, at six foot, one hundred ninety pounds, which is lean, which is lean for a DB to be six foot one ninety. He ran a four five eight, so he's running a four six. So he's quicker than fast, which means okay. he's really good in short areas. Right, but then he doesn't really have the body and build of a linebacker. Right, doesn't have the top end speed of a corner. So, to me, he's just kind of one of those tweener guys that I oh, don't okay. know. You know, when people say like, "Oh, well, he's a little undersized," like Buda Baker. Buda Baker ran like a fucking man on fire. Buda Baker, I think, ran like a four three something. You know, Buda Baker was fast as shit and a little undersized. I think he's got the good height, a little slender for a guy that is going to be playing box safety in all likelihood, even though he's he's really good in zone, um, he doesn't play a ton of man-to-man, you know? So if you if you want to use that versatility as a, a nickel corner, he's going to be a nickel corner in zone, not in man. So once again, this is another limitation of the guy. When you play him in nickel zone, he's really, really good. But that's so not his- versatile. His comparison on NFL.com, Minka Fitzpatrick. That's insane. Um, and then I want to say, you said he never played safety. He played like some every... snaps at safety, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but it just seems that, yeah, it seems that everybody is saying he's going to go back to safety and he could be one of the best safeties that you could pick in this draft. That's the thing that we're seeing here. Now, you even put him in your safety class here for today. I do, yeah. Even though he's mostly playing cornerback in, in Alabama. Why is everyone thinking safety over staying at cornerback? Because if he gets it right, if he hits, and so by the way, with that Minka Fitzpatrick comparison, uh, yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick ran a four four, right? Which is yeah, plenty awesome. fast, plenty fast for DB. Minka at six feet tall was two, was fifteen pounds heavier. He was two hundred and five pounds, which was still a little light, but he was speedy, so it was fine. Uh, Minka was um, probably a better reader of all plays at every position, played safety for three years at Alabama. So, you know, that's pretty fucking good. Um, Was a guy, was a ball hawk, you know, picked off six fucking passes in his sophomore year. So it's a very different conversation in my mind. So some things that Brian Branch does well. Lockdown zone corner. All right, lockdown zone. If you're near the line of scrimmage, and he knows where the ball is going, he's on that shit, he's a clean tackler, in space. Great technical breakdown for a DB. Like, the guy fucking tackles like a linebacker in terms of form and pursuit. So you love to see that from a guy who's six foot 190. You love it. When he tends to shade back and gets up ahead of steam, he doesn't tend to be as solid in his fundamentals on a breakdown tackle and tries to go for like blow up tackles and winds up missing guys. So he doesn't he doesn't miss a lot because he's always near the line of scrimmage, but when you move him back to safety, that's where he starts missing tackles cuz he can't control his momentum at that speed. Because once sure. again, he's not a super fast guy, so he's got to build up ahead of speed to really run that thing downtown. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and you got to be the last guy 
defense there. You got to make that tackle there. But I think, yeah, if you're asking if that's the issue at safety, that's not gonna it's not gonna show up every play, and you can have him in some. Maybe he's a package guy, and he's just not an every every down free safety. He's got to be like a strong safety package. And I think that's a great place to start him is as a strong safety slash nickel. You know, if you're running a lot of, and everybody's running three wide receiver sets now. So if you say, hey, this is kind of our nickel corner. He's going to be really good in zone, but it's almost going to be a giveaway that like, hey, he's going to be in zone. Like if this guy's on the field, he's going to play zone unless someone Mm. has a really great feeling that he's got a feel for man. I just didn't see it on film. I didn't see a great feel for man coverage. His mock has him first round smack dab in the middle of it. First round pick. Yeah, maybe late first because- Once again, this is an Alabama safety yep. with a ton of reps. Ton of reps. The production was out of this world. And he's got soft hands for a DB. But once again, you're making an assumption that he's going to be able to play this position at the next level that he never really played at the college level. So for mm-hmm. me, that gives me pause and puts him as like a late first, early uh, second round pick. Because, yeah, the talent is there. The athleticism is there. The short area quickness is tremendous. Great fundamental guy with a high upside, but I just don't see it. I can't make him my number one safety. Okay. All right. If he's not your number one safety, I'll take a guess on who it is. Shoot. It seems like the guy that comes up pretty much near the top is Texas A&M's Antonio Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Okay. So. I'm going to confess to a slight fetish. (laughs) All right, everybody, (laughs) lean into your uh, headphones. I love a safety that makes me feel like he's trying to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (sighs) Ooh, man, light my fire. If you're a safety that looks like you're trying to run through the chest of a motherfucker, Mm -hmm. man, I will defend your missed tackles all day long. Absolutely, yeah. If you absolutely just murder an individual, and I know we're talking about guys that have actually died on the field, I get it, I get it. But daddy, like, that's all I. That's all I'm saying. And and Antonio Johnson, at six foot two, runs a four five two. Big, mm-hmm. you know, he's two hundred pounds, so he's a little lean. But my yep. God, all of it, all of it, goes towards murdering people. It absolutely does. The this guy, as a true safety, um, and this is a guy that played like, you know, he played a pretty decent amount of man coverage. By the way, last year, there's some great film of him covering man-to-man, head-to-head, Traylon Burks. Okay. A first-round yeah. pick out of Arkansas. And he fucking went, he did pretty well. He's got a big body. He knows how to control it. He's a true safety, but you can slide him down into coverage. Um, this is a guy that... The only limitations I see from him are when he decides, like when he locks in on you, he's trying to kill you. And so he's Mm -hmm. going to need a few more fundamental tweaks, but he's very instinctive. I love when he reads a play and reacts to it. It's it's clean. He doesn't think a ton. He's the closest thing in my mind to Jaquan Brisker coming out this year. The same things I liked about Brisker, I like about this guy. The uh, other comparisons they got was NFL.com said Kyle Duggar. Yeah, that's not bad. I, Duggar was a bit of a thumper. I think he was a bigger-bodied guy. Um, was Kyle Duggar was Lenore Ryan. Am I crazy? 
Is that no, right? No, I think you're right. Yeah. Let me make sure what he was like that, was. you know, D3 fucking guy, but he's just, he looked too crazy on the field in terms of athleticism. Um, yep. Lenore Ryan, yeah. To the Patriots. So, yeah. Um, He's going to be a down-in-the-box safety. That's that's what he's going to be, and he's going to be hurting people, and it's going to be really good. And you, but he has some safety flexibility to cover deep. He doesn't have that top-end speed to necessarily trail a speedy slot guy. Um, sure. But by that same stretch, in my mind, neither does Brian Branch. You know, So if you're going to be running streaks on either one of these guys, they're going to get burned. It's just the way it's going to go. But Brian Branch is going to tackle you clean. Uh, Antonio Johnson is going to make you think about it again next time. <laughs> um, the other, oh, another comparison draft network said Will Harris. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. His mock has him not getting picked until day two. Second round uh, guy there, Antonio Johnson. It's for me. It's honestly a similar thing to last year. You know, it, that was the crazy thing watching Brian Branch and and watching Antonio Johnson. I was like, am I doing the fucking Brisker Hamilton thing again? Is that is that yeah. what this is? But Hamilton yeah. was a true safety. So Hamilton to me yeah. was a cleaner prospect than Branch, and I in my mind Brisker was a better prospect than Antonio Johnson. But I think they're they're tighter, right? I think okay. Hamilton and Brisker Branch were a little higher. Oh, okay. um, in terms of their overall talent, than Antonio Johnson and Brian Branch, but they're kind of the same player, just like a, you know, okay. Poor so there's an version. opportunity that maybe these safeties don't go the the first day. What you're saying is you like Antonio Johnson, but you're not saying elite. Definitely not elite. If you remember right. Daxton Hill last year got yep, taken by the that Bengals was last year, but that's because Daxton Hill ran like a four three as a safety. You know, there mm-hmm. was a ton of potential where you're like, oh, I can use this guy wherever the fuck I want. And he probably had truer, um, truer comparables to Brian Branch, except I thought he was faster. You know, so okay. to me, Dax Hill, where Dax Hill went is where Brian Branch is going to go, and maybe where Antonio Johnson goes. All right, uh, moving on from here, there's two guys that the next pick could be because they're always right around the same guys. I ended up going with the Alabama guy. I was thinking Jordan Battle was next. That is correct. Hey, this one I'm doing all right with. All right, Jordan Battle, let's talk about number nine. Now, what's kind of makes this clear now, too, is, you know, two safeties from Alabama going to be picking here this this early? Not necessarily because Branch was playing their nickel. Jordan Battle was the guy playing safety in Alabama. And he was a true free so free safety. Jordan Battle yeah. was a free safety. This is a guy that you often saw running cover one looks. You know, he was the deep safety in most of these situations. Um, 6'1", 210. 6'1", I thought, and here's a limitation for Jordan Battle, I thought Brian Branch hit harder. Okay. You know, so you Jordan Battle. Safety to hit. Yeah, he's a free safety, but he's not a guy that's like laying the fucking wood. Once again, he's also heavier than Antonio Johnson and not laying the fucking wood the way Antonio Johnson does. So this is a guy that wants to be back in the deep half of the field. He wants to be a guy that is making decisions on the second half and and calling defensive alignments for the secondary. Very smart guy, ton of experience at Alabama, but once again, not that top-end speed you're looking for it for an elite free safety. This is a guy that can definitely play. 4-5 for a safety is fine, right? 4-5-5 right. five, five is fine. 4-6 is a little slow. 4-5 is fine. 4-4 four, four would be awesome, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the agility. He's got the read and recognition. Um, but, yeah, doesn't thump 
that's that's a little bit of a problem, right? Um, he would bite a little bit too frequently on play action shit um, when he should have just been covering his deep half of the field. But uh, also soft hands um, has uh, six career inter- oh sorry three uh, interception returns for touchdowns. So playmaker like with that. the ball in his hand. So. I don't feel bad taking a guy like this anywhere in the second round. I have him as like a mid-second round talent because I feel like he's Alabama prospect, Alabama prospect senior. as a senior because we thought yeah. he was coming out last year. We actually had him on the, the scouting uh, list. Name does sound familiar, yeah. We had so him on the scouting he, he list last year. He decided to stick around Alabama another year. And I don't know if he Not helped. Not as much fun. Yeah, he didn't yeah. help or hurt his stock because he was kind of a late first, second round pick sort of guy anyway. Um, okay. But didn't. He needed to test really well athletically, and he didn't. You know, he tested at what you thought he was going to be. Um, but once again, this is a guy you take in the second round. You feel like, hey, I've got a starter here at safety. Is he going to be an all-pro? I don't think so. But is he going to be a really solid free safety that my team can play for the next five, six years? I think that's the answer. NFL.com's comparison, Justin Reed. Yeah, Reed's faster. I thought Reed was more instinctive, um, mm-hmm. but I think uh, to a degree, battle is is maybe uh, tighter technically. So yeah, Justin Reed, not a bad comparable. It's the only one I found for him, but also we uh, have from Mox. He's about fifteen picks after Antonio Johnson. I think that you is get correct. You, yeah, you get your Antonio Johnson. So wherever he is, you know, wherever the safeties start going. So instead of saying like he's a second or third round talent, I think he could go either of those. He's gonna be a day two guy. He's probably not gonna be a first round guy, but he's gonna go a little bit later than Antonio Johnson. I think everybody else is saying what Dan's seeing too is they would rather have the Texas A and M guy. But once he's gone, Jordan Battle is a guy that you could probably could you see him starting right away? I could. Once again, he's a four-year starter at Alabama. I don't think you're going to be showing him a lot of defenses that he can't understand. Um, okay. Is he going to be calling the plays right away for your defensive secondary? I doubt it very much. Um, but is this a guy that I think is going to make smart decisions, get himself in good positions, and you know be a contributor? Yes, right away. That's We talk about this a lot. You're looking for potential stars in round one. You're looking for starters in round two. You're looking yeah. for potential stars in round three, you know, but you're looking for stars in round one, starters in two, potential stars in three, and then four and five and six and seven. You, you're you just trying to fill voids and, you know, seeing if you can get a, a value there. Yeah. Um, okay, so this has me. Um, I had us down to doing five uh, safeties. How many did you go over five? I, I wound up adding another one because I wanted to talk okay. about them a little bit. Um, All right. So, um, is the next guy the next guy that's usually around Jordan Battle is Illinois Sidney Brown? Is that who you have next? Uh, Sidney Brown was he not one on your list? Uh, Illinois, Illinois was uh, Jartavius Martin. Oh, you and Jartavius Martin. Okay. Well, yeah. Sidney Brown was much, goes much earlier in yeah. the mocks, but Jartavius Martin, I can keep up with you. Go yeah. ahead. Well, you want, do you want to talk about? Is he the next guy? Uh, he is not actually the guy that I added. Uh, is the next guy. <laughs> Okay, then tell me who you added, because I'm not even here with this one. Uh, J.L. Skinner. Okay, J.L. Skinner, yeah, I like him. Uh, this is the guy out of... Uh, Boise State. There you go. All right. Yeah. Big boy. Abs- like, six foot four. This is a fucking absolute safety safety. Like, this guy is way too big to be playing corner for anybody. Yep. Yeah, yeah, great size. Um actually ran pretty well i think he's a he's a true deep cover safety 
this is not a guy that really wants to be an in-the-box safety. So this is another true free safety. Um, this is a guy that is going to be staying in the back half, um, has a good enough sense of anticipation. I mean, he's playing on Boise State. They have a relatively simple uh, defensive shell, but they do produce quality starters in the NFL. Boise State has been producing a lot of quality defensive starters um, over the past few years, several of them sure. on the Dallas Cowboys. So I tend to <laughs> I tend to look at Boise State guys a little bit more than other people do because I'm like, well, we fucking might draft one. You know, I think, too, you get uh, guys who, scouts, who fall in love with uh, um, regions. We had a, a, a couple of drafts where it was like, man, we got a lot of guys from the uh, – Pac-10, you know, Pac-12 over yeah. there, like UCLA, got, you know, both of the linebackers, and we had a Boise State uh, um, tackle in uh, Ezra Cleveland. So oh, anyways, yeah. 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 But this, we're talking defense. You're right with J.L. Skinner. Yeah. The so, tall safety who's, uh, I'll just throw in NFL.com's comparison said, Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. Who's like a slot guy too. You could move him up and play a linebacker type of thing for him because he's so big yeah i i don't think this guy is going to be in the linebacker conversation i think it's it's true free safeties um okay you know that i think that's where he's going to get his you know just desserts is is he's a guy that can read the ball in the air pretty well he's once again pretty productive but you've got to believe that he's going to give you something plus i think this is probably an early third round pick honestly uh, for J.L. Skinner. I don't think this guy's going in the second round, but if he does, it's because you've fallen in love with his length, you've fallen in love with his, you know, pretty decent speed for a man his size. Okay. Yeah, his mucks are having him third round. Eh. Even Yeah, it's a another jump down from the last guy we talked about from uh, Battle. Probably another 20 picks honestly yeah um and safeties yeah kind of go sparingly down there um a couple guys that we haven't talked about that we're not going to have on this list that have been going ahead of them is uh jamie robinson from florida state Mm -hmm. he's around battles thing and then chris smith the second from georgia uh my vikings took a georgia safety last year in lewis scene didn't get a chance to see him much uh because of the broken leg he had in in london week three as yeah. it was but he's all healed up ready to go now harrison smith came back on that that uh big pay cut to maybe teach him everything he knows right before he goes out the door that's what i'm hoping <laughs> yeah i think this is uh yeah i think lewis scene is better than uh the who the fuck is the guy coming out this year i can't remember his name talking about uh oh yeah chris, smith, the chris smith yeah yeah I always, for some reason, I think Yacht Rock when I think of Christopher Smith. I don't Chris know why. I, yeah, I'm, I grew up, I knew some Chris Smiths. That's a pretty easy name. Yeah. Um, all right, so after J.L. Skinner, is that then uh, Jartavius Martin? Uh, it It is actually Jair Brown. Ah, Jair Brown, Penn State. Well, let's go with him then. So uh, Jair uh, goes by Tig. Um, this is a guy that when we talk about a 4-6 is not great for a safety. This guy ran a 4.6, and he ran a 4.6 at 5.11. So, you know, it's not like he's a big hulking safety walking around laying the lumber on motherfuckers, but he's a thickly built dude with decent short area quickness. So what I think you're going to see is a guy like this who was a starter, was a really good player for 
uh, Penn State, played alongside Jaquan Brisker, was very productive um, as a college safety, but played around the box quite a bit. Um, But this is a guy that I don't think made crazy good reads, but when he read it correctly, was very decisive, um, was able to run downhill, was able to hit pretty fucking hard. Um, When he played deep cover safety, he had soft hands and played the ball very well. So this is a guy that you can fool, but if you don't fool him, he makes great plays. Does that make sense? You know, he's got kind of a nose for the football, um, but if you get him going on misdirection, you can kind of get him off his toes. You can, you know, get him moving in the wrong spaces. But if he reads it correctly, he's decisive, he moves downhill, he hurts motherfuckers, which I also, as you know, really love. Um <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's he's he's physical in run protection because even at five eleven he's two hundred and five pounds, but he hits like a sack of bricks. So you like that in a run protection safety, but I I don't know if he's got the potential to cover guys at the NFL level because he's running a four six. So you know once again this is a guy that you're probably playing at strong safety, but you're probably gonna have to take him out in like nickel and dime packages because I don't know how how good as coverage skills are unless you have him playing the deep safety, but then he doesn't have that top end speed to keep up. Yeah. Might cause you to have some holes in your defense at certain times. Uh, his NFL comparison for NFL.com is Ryan Clark, the Raven. I think Clark was faster. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. Jair Brown. A lot of these safeties, if you're not going to be a starter, cause this guy's mock is like fourth round, which is, just outside of maybe not starting for your team right away, you better make a name for yourself on special teams. But I th- and, I think that's yeah. where he's he's got a lot of potential because, once again, Good. great production at the college level. Good. Feels like a very safe player to pick because he's going to play special teams. He's going to be a good guy that is sensible and thoughtful in the locker room, was a team leader at Penn State. This is the sort of guy you want to take in the fourth round because you go, hey, if he puts it together, I don't think the athletic profile is there to necessarily be a star, but if he puts it together and is able to read film the way we want him to read film, this is going to be a starter for our team or a you know multiple contributor special teams player. Okay. So, yeah, the mocks have him driving down that fourth round-ish area. Pick 119. Uh, he is about... 2018 so picks below Jartavius Martin. You said you like Jartavius Martin less than Jair Brown. Why is that? Let's wrap it up with him out of Illinois. So Jartavius Martin, and I want to talk about Sidney Brown as well, because Sidney Brown's going to go probably Much yeah, earlier, probably yeah, higher. Like um, I think he's rivaling Jordan Battle in most things I've seen. But Sidney Brown, Sidney Brown athletically, 5'10", 210 pounds, ran a 4'4". That's a, that's a big moving, that's a lot of heat uh, for a there guy go, that's 5'10". Two, two Illinois uh, safeties. Mm-hmm. Illinois is not a school that we've really spent a lot of time. I mean, they, they don't, the fight in the line, I don't, haven't, it's, it's been a while in there. They got them too. And then next week, little hint, I think we're talking cornerbacks. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. And it's a big a, one. It's there's a, big, a class. big name. Yeah, there's a big name Illinois guy, cornerback guy. We'll talk about too. So, well, this happened with uh, fucking Syracuse a couple years ago, if you remember, where you, like uh, th- they had three DBs come out and were taken in the first like four or five rounds. Yes, yes, Cisco, and yeah, yeah. we like those. Yeah, Andre Cisco. Okay, anyways, uh, let's talk about Jartavius Martin. That's the guy. We're and under. weirdly, both orange primary color jerseys. I don't know. 
I don't know why that's the case. The orange and the dark, yeah, their their colors are pretty close actually. Illinois and uh, Syracuse, right? Isn't it weird? Um, yeah, yeah. I, Sidney Brown is a guy that kind of blew up the combine because he was like, when you think of a DB, Sidney Brown is going to help himself there because you go, I don't know if you're going to play safety or if you're going to play nickel corner. Jartavius oh, Martin, nice. it's like I don't know if you can play safety or nickel corner because your instincts are fucking bad. Uh, the athletic profile is pretty good. Ran a four four six. Like I said, these are fucking comparable guys athletically. But in terms of the read recognition, I like Sidney Brown a lot better. He's built uh, more pro style, I think, than Jartavius Martin is. Um, but Jartavius Martin and Sidney Brown, both very, very athletic safeties that didn't seem to make like really great decisions and coverage, but were able to make up for it with really solid speed um and decisive in their cuts, but I don't think they recognized the play before it happened. I don't think either one of these guys was great at recognizing the play before it happened. They were great at reacting to it once it had happened. And so you can't do that at the safety position at the next level, which is why I think yeah. both of these guys are, are projects, but I think uh, Sidney Brown athletically, better hips, better feet, softer hands, has a bit more of a ball hawk mentality, whereas Jartavius Martin is more of a guy that's like kind of an also ran mm-hmm. where at his at his top uh like most effectiveness he's probably a nickel corner safety hybrid but not a true free or a true strong safety so once again is this a guy that beats out your nickel corner to play nickel is this a guy that i don't think he does is this a guy that beats out either of your two starting safeties to play safety i don't know so then jartavius martin becomes that fifth defensive back you know and that's not great. You know, you don't want necessarily the fifth defensive back in there. Um, oh, sorry, the sorry, the fifth corner. <laughs> fifth corner, not fifth defensive back. Where I think Sidney Brown has a chance to work his way into being your starting free or stra- starting strong safety. So yeah. I like the profile a little bit better on Sidney Brown than I do Jartavius Martin. And I'd say it's, it's, about a, a, it's about a one or two round difference between these two guys just because of the athletic potential. Yes, between... Brown and Martin, I think you're right. Brown is like a second-round guy. Martin might even be fourth. Uh, they had Skinner and um, Chris Smith, Jamie Robinson between those guys for sure. They didn't have Jair Brown ahead of Jatavius J- J- Martin, but you do like Jair Brown over Martin. How much more do you think Brown should go over Martin? Do you have them close uh, to each other at least? I, I think Brown should go late second round, early third round. I think we're oh, probably nice. looking at Martin somewhere in the fourth, almost fifth round. Okay. Um, and then uh, I found one comparison for Jatavius Martin on Draft Network. They said Eric Rowe from 2015 draft. Uh, didn't Eric Rowe play corner? He's at a UNLV, yeah. wasn't he? Um... I thought Eric Rowe played corner. 30 years. He's playing. They have him in uh, Dolphins, Panthers. Oh, Utah. I'm thinking somebody else. Panthers safety. Yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, University of Utah. Okay. Um, All right. Interesting. He's been bouncing around. So that wraps up the safeties. That adds another, what do we got, six, seven? Yeah, we got a lot. (laughs) We got, uh, Uh, I guess we kind of did seven guys. We started with five, but we added seven total. Yeah. Well, so yeah, if I put Sidney Brown in your in your list of uh in in order here, do you have him after battle? I have him after battle, yeah. Yeah, but before Skinner. I have him right before Skinner. 
I find I follow you. All right. Um, next week, next week. Well, the next time we we uh, do on the podcast here, that list gonna get even longer. In fact, it's a long list. It's a deep list. We, we talk about cornerbacks. Eight. Eight guys we want to talk about, and the reason why we want to talk about eight is because uh, probably seven of them are first rounders. Oh my god! And this is the other part, right? That actually hurts safeties nowadays because this is the same idea of like, well, can you play wide receiver? All right, well, you're big, so if you can't play wide receiver, can you play tight end? There's a lot of big fucking corners here that worst case scenario wash out as corners and wind up becoming pretty decent fucking coverage safeties. Or people that move the tackles inside to guard. Like, you're right. There's a lot of, like, you're very talented and you were the best cornerback yeah, on your yeah. on your college team. But now that you're going to the best of the best pros, I'm going to shove you to a safety. I'm going to move that, you to the... that moves yeah. guys like Jertavius Martin down even further because you go, okay, I don't know what you are, Absolutely. but I, I know this guy's better at one thing than you are. So, boom, down you go. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, we've got uh, some big names next week to talk about. Um our guy out of Oregon, Illinois, Penn State, Maryland. Look, there's some uh, st- strong uh, corners yeah. to uh, to pick up here in the draft. And Good I think Keely. That's a, Keely Ringo coming in. Keely Ringo, yeah. I like that name. That's a good one uh, list there for, for my Vikings, too. The, I think I want them to be taking another coverage guy. The best name, though, coming in. And I know I'm a Michigan fan. I know we go blue. Fucking Juan Drago Turner. <laughs> Come on. What That's, position I mean, is Keely Ring, he's, he's a corner. DJ Turner uh, tore up the combine. We'll talk about it. This is a guy that, you know, you're going to have to watch because I, he absolutely lit shit up at the combine, but I don't know if the film necessarily follows that. Well, and as we start on defenders, too, there's that uh, Alabama linebacker that we got to talk yeah. about his name, too. <laughs> there's some yeah. fun names there. All right, but everybody, uh, to get us wrapped up here for the safeties before we depart, Antonio Johnson is uh, considered our top guy here of the guys that we looked at on the, on the list of safeties. Right after that, Brian Branch is second, but, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have some questions because he's getting moved into that position. Uh, Jordan Battle, and then um, we did talk about uh, Sidney Brown, J.L. Skinner, Jair Brown, and Jartavius Martin. Um, two Alabama guys, two Illinois guys. You're not going to get that on any other podcast. Find it. Can't. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then next week we'll do the cornerbacks or the next time you hear us, we'll try to get that on before next week. We're going to do our best, yep. um, because we're running out of time folks before that NFL draft. Three more so, Thursdays. That's right. So subscribe to the podcast, set the alarms, uh, do what the, uh, the, the websites allow you to do with these podcasts to let you know when the next episode drops. Cause it'll be a surprise to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to wrap this show up. Uh, Dan, Crazy stats. Nice. Uh, we've been doing the uh, picking the the um, colleges who have drafted the most in this position in round one. Now they did it as defensive. The NFL has it as defensive backs. So this kind of does take care of next week's too. But I'll find some other crazy stats. So what college do you think has had the most defensive backs? <sighs> it's it's got to be Florida State. Florida State is had 42 apiece, and that is 11 less than who has first place. Is it Florida? No, Florida's not on this list. Uh, is it one of these fucking Notre Dame teams? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame was Dame getting this. 49, 
but I'm talking about this team. This college has 53 defensive backs in first place. You want a hint? Is it Miami? Miami was actually tied with Florida State at 42. Damn. So no. A lot of I'm going through all these Florida teams. Yeah, give it, give it to me. Notre Dame was third. Um, corner. Let's see. Cornerback. Uh, just recently, I think. Um, who did who went last year in cornerbacks? I was I, I came thinking of uh, Okuda to the Lions. That'll give it away. Jeff Okuda. Yeah. God, where the fuck did Jeff Okuda play? I can't remember. Oh, oh, yeah. I catch you at the end of the day. It's tough to remember these things. Who else did we do with these? Oh, Ohio State. That's right. Ohio God, State. yeah. No, Ohio have... State was DB University. That's true. We didn't really have a big Ohio State guy to come in the draft last year cornerback, did we? No, because uh, all their... Sauce Gardner, Stingley, McDuffie, yeah, Booth. Because over the past couple years, they've just been getting murdered by their wide receivers who are just lighting them up. <laughs> their That's wide receivers true. That are makes so it good. tougher to be a good yeah, cornerback for defense for Ohio <laughs> it just, State. But... It, like, breaks their confidence. They're like, oh, my God, what is this? Can I play at the next level? They talk about uh, Jack Tatum was first round 19th overall by the Oakland Raiders in the 1971 draft. His nickname... The Assassin. You know I'd draft him. One of the most feared tacklers in the NFL history. Looking for so. murderers. I'm looking for night train lanes, baby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so we'll be talking cornerbacks and the rest of the defensive backs, wrapping that up to as we continue through defenses and uh, this uh, deep draft, uh, deep dive draft <laughs> for the NFL And it's a deep draft. We've talked about a lot of first-round potential so far, and with the cornerback draft coming up, ooh, we're going to talk about a few of those guys. Can't wait, can't wait. So that's next time. Come back for that. But as we leave you tonight, Dan, parting words of wisdom. We talked about this a lot. Just because you're not the best corner in the world doesn't mean you can't play a good safety. But a really good safety, I mean a really good one, like a Darren Woodson type, like a Minka Fitzpatrick type, like a Harrison Smith type, can be the cornerstone of your defense for the next 10 years. These are guys that aren't necessarily getting burned by the wide receivers. They're just they're the center fielder. They're making all the plays. So if you can get a great safety in this draft, you can fix your defense for the next 10 years. Amen. Oh, man. Fix my defense for the next 10 years. and then have Well, it. not with Harrison. Not anymore. He's, he's ah. at the end of his 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we'll use everybody else moving forward. Um Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. We'll be back next week to continue up this defense. We'll see you then. Goodbye. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine I say we can go where we want to A place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world Leave the real one far behind And we can dance
and act like we come from out of this world. We love you on.